0: Something's playing. Stop playing. Oh, I hate it when it does that. It hides the window. It does, yes.
1: It must be a young person thing.
0: Yeah, right. So my, our children have got, a, have got an app called Kick Messenger. My God, I cannot figure that out. I just, I can't, none of it, it's all buttons and none of it's buttons. It doesn't make any
1: sense. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is sheer isolation. I am John Ponting in Cricklade, and my friend and colleague Kieran Moore is hiding in his loft in Trowbridge. Yo, I still am. I haven't moved. Ooh. He hasn't moved, we've not recorded one for a couple of weeks. You may have noticed we've been putting a few compilations and different shows out there for various reasons. Kieran's not moved. He's just sat there two weeks just waiting for me. Just waiting, exactly. That's Even why he looks a so pasty. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. The purpose of this show is to highlight and promote the local music and art scene across the west of England. We'll play a couple of tracks in the next half hour. We'll have a bit of a chat and we will be talking to a very, very interesting guy, Kieran. Somebody who seems to be a very good friend, the way you guys were talking, Johnny Black. Do so you want to give us a very quick sentence. Who is this man?
0: Johnny Black is a music journalist who lives in Devizes and who's lived there for about 30 years. Um, But he previously lived in London and he's worked with some of the biggest and greatest bands that ever existed, including the Beach Boys.
1: He talks a lot about the Beach Boys and we're going to split this interview into two parts. So uh, today it's going to be mostly Beach Boys related. Uh, So that's uh, coming up. I'd like to ask this question, Karen. It's been a couple of weeks since I've asked it. So you're probably going to have a lot of things to tell me. But have you been 20 gigs lately?
0: I actually had a week off from doing gigs. I went, on, I went on holiday, went to Devon and just had a week in a field, which was lovely. But I have been to a gig because last Friday we had Emily Barker of the Red Clay Halo fame um, and she came and performed at the Pump in Trowbridge and it was absolutely magnificent. She's just, I don't know, she's just got to a point in her life, in her career where she's effortlessly good now. You know, she doesn't even seem to be trying.
1: <laughs> so I, I was away for a week as well. I went to the south of Spain, not, not I'm, trying to brag over, over Devon because <laughs> I love Devon. But that was, just happened to be where I was last week. I found it fascinating that in the centre of this town, up until about midnight, so from about half ten till midnight, they have live music just out in public. Oh nice. Actually all all organized. It's not buskers. It's proper, they get the speakers set up and there's really lots of people gather around. And I'm just thinking, wouldn't that be amazing to do that in the middle of the visors, every night of the week, have live music until midnight. blaring in to the town center. Presumably, that's because they have their
0: siestas between 10 or 11 and 2, whatever it is, or 12 and 2.
1: Which, again, is something I absolutely love. (laughs) I think that's wonderful. (laughs) Maybe just start doing it, Kieran, just see if it catches on here. I think just move to Spain. I
2: think
0: we need to reassess our lives and start having better experiences. With you on that. Right. We'll get the tickets. Um, While we're doing that, uh, let's play a tune, Kieran. Arms and hearts. So, yeah, we're going to play a song uh, by Arms and Hearts. It's a song called Out for Blood. Uh, Arms and Hearts, he has a real sound to his music. It kind of comes under the banner of folk punk. But, I mean, he's kind of like an acoustic emo artist, really. But he's all lyrics. He's an absolute talent. And I found that his his, his album he, just, he released a couple of years ago, which is his last release, he just seemed to really galvanise his sound and his identity. I absolutely fell in love with it. And all the songs off that record all have a vibe and a feel, and it just it's a really, really outstanding album. Um, and he's an absolute talent. I just wanted to share it with a few more people.
3: It's so steep. It's a far from one. to don't make it easy. All I wanna do. Cut and run. All these bitter ends All these leftover words My inner monologue of yourself down Strangles me Maybe next year Maybe never Maybe next year I'll be better And able To watch my mouth I treat it my currency up, walking when the going gets tough I'm out of here Treat your friends like a crutch And never let it go If you're out for blood, then come and get some If you're out for blood, then come and get some If this year's has me anything, it's how evil people could be If you're out for then come and get some Get so If you bring the light of blue, I'll bring something to make a spark and we'll burn it down. You had your punch to prove, you had water to clap, you had the not twisting in the flash. I'm a glutton for punishment. Now I'm running down the platform. Into the early morning sun I got nowhere to hide Cause I can't shut the eye And I won't even try If you're out for blood then come and get some If you're out for blood then come and get some If anything it's how evil people can be If you're out for blood then come and get some If you're out for blood then come and get some saw me anything at all if this just me anything at all if this yes tell me anything at all if this yes me anything at all if yes i me anything at all if yes saw me anything at all gotta burn it down to the grave i
1: tune is called Ant for Blood. It is by Arms and Hearts, who is... Um, is he on more of a tour? Yeah. Four-day tour. So it's Liverpool, London, Rochdale
0: and Trowbridge. <laughs> I mean, look at Rochdale knocking it out of the park there. It's not something I ever thought I'd ever say, but um, Rochdale absolutely delivering there.
1: <laughs> we we have a feature on our show, which is Product Placement, where Kieran shows off the latest vinyl he's received. And probably for the, for about the last eight weeks or so it's either been in the car or it's been left at work or Kieran's been left at work and the vinyl's been left in in his loft I I don't know either way over to you Kieran for the first product placement in what seems to be two years.
0: So this is a record by Northern Irish band Axis of there's an album called Bella Pacifica now what what colour do you reckon that is John? Well from here it looks like they've melted down some uh, water bottles Ah, yes. Very close. It's a very, 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 very clear, very light. I can see right the way through it clear uh, blue vinyl. It's utterly, utterly sensational. I think when people look at old record collections in the future, there's not going to be any black vinyl. It just doesn't exist. Well, certainly not in mine. Mine's all coloured vinyl. And they say it's a bit the sound isn't as good, but it's not true. You know, the technology these days, what they're making out of, it sounds great. This was a surprise album. Nobody expected it. They just recorded it and banged it out there into the world. Um, and I absolutely love them. Big, chunky, glorious, loud rock songs that just sound fun. So that's my this week's uh, That's product placement. There it is, the album front cover.
1: OK, time for this week's guest. Um, I found this one particularly fascinating because of all the hundreds, and we can say hundreds of shows we've yes, done we out because it is more than 100. Yeah. This is the first interview that I've not actually sat down and recorded and listened to at the time. So this is the first interview that I was able to be a listener and I found it fascinating. Um, yeah, He's a real interesting yeah, guy, isn't he? Absolutely.
0: And to think that he lived in devices like right underneath our noses. And I can't believe, John, I didn't ask him earlier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and for starters, his name's Johnny Black, which, which is a proper showbiz name to start with.
0: That's his real name as well. That's not even like a, a faux pen name. That's
1: his real name. And uh, he's a music journalist. So Tell us how. T- tell us, first off, before we go into the interview, how you two connected. He's got a son called
0: Will Black and his son used to come to the gigs and devices um, and he was in an emo band. I forgot what they were called. They're a proper emo band. But actually, Will went on to be a superb writer like his dad. I got a superb taste in music, but got a, a superb insight as well. I think if you if you sort of live in that environment, you, you can't help have it rub off on you. Um, so Will is someone that I respect hugely, but obviously his dad's the business, so hence his dad.
4: My teenage years were spent in a town called Pennycook outside Edinburgh. Uh, I, mean, I was in a band there as well. I, I was a, the so-called vocalist. I think vocalist is one of those words that means you can't actually sing, but you can make vocal noises. Yes, <laughs> um, not the singer. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was, in a, I was in a band there with some friends at school and we used to go to see gigs at Pennycook Town Hall where we would see exotic bands like yeah. The Ceiling Light Machine, who were a psychedelic band from uh, Hoyk in the Scottish border. And that was the kind of thing that we did. And in those days... It's fascinating, looking back on it, the Town Hall was the venue in Pennycook, but when I think back on it, the bands could really, they only played sort of two or three chords at best, but the young people, of which I was one, honestly, they sat on opposite sides of the hall. The girls sat on one side of the hall and the boys sat on the other side of the hall. And then when the music started... You know they could meet in the middle, and if they if they got on well, they would they would dance in the middle of the floor. And the other thing that was always memorable was that when the bands played, nobody danced. The, the dancing only took place when a DJ came on and played <laughs> records. So
0: what did they do? And the, the band,
4: room? well, the band you stood and gawped at. By this time, it was I, I guess we're, we're into the late sixties, and the bands were getting more kind of prog. Right, OK. So whereas right. 50s and early 60s bands were there to entertain you and help you to dance, by the time of late 69, you had to listen to the band, man. <laughs> and wig out
0: and, and maybe... And wig out, Sorry.
4: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, okay. not in Pennycook Town Hall, you didn't. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, things had changed by that point. So it was, it was the beginning of the prog era, which I hated, personally. Okay. But... <laughs> After that, I went. I moved into Edinburgh. Continued playing in bands. Then eventually moved down to London, uh, where I worked in the civil service in Whitehall as a, what I like to describe as a Whitehall Sultan of Spin. I was I was in the press office, uh, wow. dealing with Scottish Scottish ministers and things like that. And I, again, I didn't I didn't enjoy it because politics is not my thing, but it gave me the grounding in in. Press work and then dealing with journalists. So when I left there, I was able to move to the CBS Records press office. Amazing. And which, you actually,
0: you which, you always had a passion for music, always. You, you yeah, oh. To it. So when you moved to London. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, my sister and I would sing harmonies to Everly Brothers songs and things like you know. So, my, I guess my musical and my parents, my parents were huge fans of Dean Martin. And you know, so I just, I just grew up listening to popular music. It's still, it's still, it's still much the same, isn't it? I mean, it hasn't, hasn't really changed dramatically no, apart really. from the, maybe the arrival of rap and the arrival of electronic music in the 70s. Um, they kind of changed things a bit. But essentially, you're still largely talking about. A small number of people and a few instruments and singing songs to make people happy.
0: So obviously getting a job at CBS must have been like a dream come true.
4: It was. Yeah. Being a press officer in the civil service in Whitehall was interesting because I got to go in and out of parliament and stuff like that. But I wasn't really attached to the idea of that. But. I I conned the people at CBS into thinking I knew something about music, and they ha- they got me in, and and I discovered right away that the difference between government press office and uh, private press office, a like record company press office, is that in the government press office you're trying to stop people learning things.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, right. And in a record company press office, you're trying to tell people things about people they're not really terribly interested in. Um, so I I was assigned a bunch of artists, and th- that that was kind of a downside to it because you would be assigned Ted Nugent, heavy metal guitarist, yeah. plus Tammy Wynette, who's a country singer. She was absolutely charming. She wouldn't leave. She wouldn't leave a gig. I mean, I never liked her music, but she wouldn't leave a gig without signing autographs for every fan at the stage door. She was absolutely uh-huh. lovely.
0: But looking back, she's a colossus in in country and a sort of folk music. She is huge.
4: Yeah, Tammy and, and
0: Dolly. Yeah, did did you know at the time that you were dealing with people of that stature? Did you appreciate it? Did you understand it?
4: I don't think I did appreciate it. Uh, you know, you, you're, when you're that young, and I must have been in my early 20s, I suppose, you just accept what happens to you. You know, you sure. think, oh, yeah. I'd love to work in a rock and roll venue or whatever, like you're doing. Uh, I'd yeah. like to do that. And then suddenly it happens to you and you can't quite believe that it it's happening. I mean, one of the most extraordinary things that happened to me was I had grown up listening to the Beach Boys and I had loved the Beach Boys. And lots of my contemporaries railed against me for loving the Beach Boys because, they, you know, they wore stripy shirts yeah. and um, they, they just looked a bit gormless, really. But I had, <laughs> I had loved that. They did. Their, their, their image was dreadful. Uh, not as bad as Paul Ruvie and the Raiders. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but when I got to CBS, the Beach Boys were just about to sign to CBS. Wow. And I can remember going into a meeting with, with my head of press, Jonathan Morish, Uh, At at that time. And they they were trying to decide who would take on the Beach Boys because it was a big thing for the label. Nobody wanted to work with the Beach Boys because they were. Yeah. by By this point, early 70s, they were regarded as totally naff. Right. They you know, they'd had all their hits and everything. Um, Really, their only big hits in the UK were Good Vibrations and Help Me Rhonda and things like that. But they were much bigger in America than they ever were here. So when they come to CBS, nobody wanted to work with the Beach Boys. And I'm sitting there going, yes, I'll work with the Beach Boys. Can I have, please, can I have the Beach Boys? So... About three days after arriving at CBS, I was the Beach Boys press officer.
2: Wow. <laughs> what a start. Quit. It was uh, quite extraordinary,
4: yeah. But, you know, no, as I say, nobody else in the company gave a hoot about them. They were a big deal in America where CBS was based. But in England, uh, the move was on to launch British artists. Like we had The Clash and people like yeah. that and we had a, a host of smaller bands like the, the Sinceros and After the Fire and people like that and a Dutch band called Grupo Sportivo. And, you know, for me, just the idea of being the Beach Boys press officer was just beyond my wildest
0: dreams. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm struggling to believe or, you know, to be in that mindset where some of you say, oh, you know, they're old hat. I mean, e- even pop bands now that are old hat, people would still chew your arm off for, even like, I don't know, the Spice yeah. Girls. They've already had their hits, they're not going to do it again. But yeah. they want to come back, you know, it would be big news.
4: Yeah, I think there's much more respect among the younger generation for older artists now, and possibly too much respect for older artists. I've heard you yourself say that, that why are young people so interested in going to see cover bands when there are young people making really interesting new music?
2: Yeah.
0: It's very know, true. Yeah. It's something we're currently
4: experiencing. One of my big thrills at CBS, again, sorry, harping on about the Beach Boys, go, to going to the Reading Festival. And before the gig, I, I had to go backstage and into their dressing room. And they oh, were all God. sitting, they were literally sitting around singing a cappella, uh, wow. singing what was then their current hit called Lady Linda. And I was just standing there getting you know, a private Beach Boys concert in their back room. And it ended. And uh, I said, hi, it's me, it's Johnny from CBS. And Carl Wilson looked over and he said, hi, Johnny, we're just singing fools. <laughs> and that, I mean, that, <laughs> that is what they were. I mean, they were like the, they were like the Bee Gees in that they'd grown up singing together. They'd been taught how to sing harmonies. And that's yeah. what they enjoyed doing more than anything. And after that, um, when they went on stage, Carl actually, me and my wife were sitting out front, and Carl actually waved from the stage of Reading and said, Hi, Johnny. Hi, very cool. <laughs> that was so cool. I mean, moment of fame.
0: Um, just to lead us out, we asked you to pick a song. What have you picked for us? Well, it's a bit arrogant, but I do.
4: <laughs> when, when you write songs, you do, you do want people to hear them. Of course. Um, So I have a song of mine called This Is My Moon. And uh, I'd I'd quite like to choose that. But do you want to just
0: briefly tell us about what the song is? Or is it a mystery? The the song, no, no. The
4: the song is, the idea of This Is My Moon was walking up on Salisbury Plain one night, uh, walking the dog probably. And I looked up and I saw the moon and I thought, wonderful it is i mean looking at the sky always gets me thinking how fantastic that we live on this rock in the middle of space and we're tiny and we're nothing and And we've got this we've got this other rock spinning around us and i just thought yeah Yeah. but it felt like it was my moon that night you know i was (laughs) i was the only person on the plane and i thought yeah, this is my moon. And these are my stars. Hannah and that's the chorus this is my moon, and these are my stars.
1: So that track is This Is My Moon. It is by Johnny Black and we're going to play more of that interview uh, in maybe next week or a couple of weeks time because uh, it's one of those interviews where such a fascinating character. I just didn't want to lose 10 minutes worth of what he was talking about, Karen, because every every second he was talking, there is was just so fascinating.
0: I think I, I could literally talk. I reckon I could just talk to him all day and get a bloody series out of him because, he,
1: yeah, he's got some stories to tell. Have you got any news you want to start us off with today?
0: Two thousand Trees have announced their first uh, headliner for the festival. So one of the smaller stages. It's Rival Schools, and today Slam Dunk announced that their their lineup, and they have Kids in Glass Houses playing. who have reformed especially for the festival, so some really great great surprises there. If you're into your pop punk or American hardcore underground music, I'm so excited for the festival season next year
1: already. Um, this is a bit of breaking news uh, coming in today, just as. As we were recording, and that was about the young lad who uh, was stabbed at the Notting Hill Carnival this year. It turned out to be a, a, a rapper of quite a one and rapper in Bristol, keycore Stretch, twenty-one wow. years old. His music's kind of grime slash drill. Um, so there's nothing we can play that would be suitable for for radio play out But he does sure. have some, does have some really good stuff on on YouTube. Karen, you, you'll agree with me too, and we've had we said this before. Drill is not really our area of things We we don't move in those circles, but we can appreciate uh, a talented artist when we hear them. Uh, I feel just like we need to uh, just pay a little bit of respect there for someone so young, really up, upcoming musical talent in Bristol, cut short at Notting Hill this year.
0: That is a that is a real shame. Um, I'd f- yeah, let's keep let's keep supporting. Let's do mu- more music. Let's do something in his memory, but let's not waste what he gave us.
1: Uh, Devices done by you, the Kaleidoscope Rave Festival in Devices wasn't going to go ahead because the uh, villagers were a bit worried about having quite a large rave in in their country, but the councillors have approved it. We're recording this before it's actually happened, but by the time this goes out, the the rave will have taken place. I'll be interested to to hear the feedback.
0: So they're only young guys, and they have a really excellent event management document that they presented to the council to justify it. this is really interesting because actually... The council aren't there to say no to you. So, if anybody out there has an idea, as long as you've got a watertight document to prove that the event is safe, the council actually can't say no. That's that's not their job. It's not their their rule to say no to you. Their rule is to make it safe.
1: I would I would say just to clarify on that, you you do still need to apply with other laws of the land, such as yes, um, stopping amplified music at a set, at a specific time, and you know. Don't oh, yeah. sell got alcohol got all the to health... children, that kind of thing.
0: You've got all the health and safety to go through. You've got to have a certain amount of toilets per ratio to people. You've got to, if you're selling alcohol, you need to have you know, safeguarding in place and all the rest of it. All of that was was, you know, as long as you can satisfy all of that, they can't say to you, actually, we don't like a rave, or we don't like a steam fair, or we don't like a whatever, a marathon. They can't say no.
1: You can email at sheerisolation at gmail.com or you can find previous shows on uk or your streaming service of choice. Kieran, uh, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Absolute pleasure. And uh, we will be back same time, same place next week. Take care, my man. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.